Coming up on Art Palace. Race is very much an experience. I mean, more than it is a biological fact, it's an experience. Welcome to Art Palace, produced by Cincinnati Art Museum. This is your host, Russell Eyrig. Here at the Art Palace, we meet cool people and then talk to them about art. Today's cool person is artist and designer Kate Teepee. How, when did you start working at Artworks? When did that happen? So that happened over the summer. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, I was introduced through Artworks, I think the same way that I was introduced to you guys. So okay. I had my um, offline dating game. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Describe the, that a little bit, actually, just yeah. how that works. So it just kind of, you know, it was this fun thing that I put together because my friends and I were trying to have a show, an art show, a month. Um and so I put this together thinking it would just be a fun thing to do. It's a card game um, that uses a dice. So there's six categories and then, you know, you roll the dice. And the idea is to throw people into intimacy, strangers into intimacy. So the cards used online sort of actions or tropes or whatever you want to call them. And then on the other side of the card, there would be an inappropriate question. For a first meeting. So like a, an example, like a, if if what would if I was playing, like what would be yeah. like something I would get? So one question, you know, might be how much money do you make in a year? Another question might That's be. That's very intimate. Right that away. is a very yeah. intimate yeah. question. Something I think people especially, definitely do not like to talk about. Yeah, they don't want to talk about money. Um, another question might be, you know, your thoughts on Barack Obama. You know, at the time he was the president. Um, you know, there might be questions on what do you think about um, institutionalized racism, right? And so it's not so much that you have this brilliant thing to say, but it might expose that you have nothing to say. Right. So that's actually really interesting, too, I, I, as, a, as a like dating thing, because those are probably the thing, exact things people would not talk about on a date. Exactly. The first, the, the first time. <laughs> so it's actually really, really smart because it's like, you're going to show somebody's true colors really quickly. Like immediately. Yeah. Um, and I think in some ways it's kind of the stuff that matters in a weird way. You know, like I think now at this point, everybody has sort of been exposed to or tried online dating and, you know, the profiles at this point are just kind of a joke. You know, you've got your like cheesy profile name and then you're, you know, your pictures, your suite of pictures, if you will. And then, <laughs> you know, your cheesy tagline. And then you're like, I like coffee, books, Trader Joe's. And it's like <laughs> everybody has the same thing, you know. So so it's, it's not like really telling you anything about yeah. anybody. So I just thought it would be fun to try to get people into a room. And there's really no rules. So... You know, I think I, I would hope that that helps. And I think it did. So I did this game a couple of different places. You know, I did it in this warehouse. I think it was actually like Michael Stillian's studio. And then I did it for the CAC as a summer performance. 
And then I was doing a um, creative morning about mm -hmm. it. And so I think that's where I met some of the folks from your team. And mm -hmm. then I also met some folks from Artworks. And, um, you know, I think as everybody sort of does in these circles, you, like, meet people that you think are really interesting and cool. And then you kind of, like, keep them in your back pocket because you're like, I know there's going to be some really cool time to collaborate. Yeah. And so that's what happened. So um, now we're sort of like taking that game and that concept and we're going to use it to try to uh, make strangers friends, but on more of like a adolescent sort of like under like age appropriate for children. So it's not going to be an offline dating game, but it's going to be about, you know, how do we reduce mental health stigma? So this game is how I got introduced to Artworks. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so roundabout. Um, but now also I'm just working as sort of their graphic designer as they sort of go through um, exploring how to tell the story better, their story, um, and how to possibly rebrand and rebuild the website. So a lot of fun stuff going on, a lot of change. I don't know. We'll see. I think, but I think it's interesting that you kind of threw that in there, like, oh, and I, I do graphic design, but I actually think that's like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't separate that from what your art is in a way, because it seems like your art is very much about design as well, and more about like, even designing systems. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's just, it's a very different thing than sort of like a person who's like, well, I go into the studio and I shut the door <laughs> and I the emotions take over me and I yeah. paint, you know, like, yeah, um, I can't do that. Yeah. So it's, it's like your ideas of, of what you want like art to be for you, um, or your, your particular art is much more controlled and it's, it's just, it's always, it seems very yeah. connected to design to me. It's really hard to describe what I do because I mean, partially because I don't really know, like I just kind of do things. Yeah. Yeah. That seem interesting to me. And but also, I, you know, I have this pet peeve within the art slash design communities. Like people want to act like what they do, that these things don't, aren't interconnected or they're not related. And they're so, in my opinion, I mean, they're so interconnected. I mean, they're twins. So, you know. One of the first sort of um, things that exposed me to art was an art history class. And it kind of clicked in my mind that all these artifacts that we make, whether it's art or a chair or, I don't know, like crown molding, mm -hmm. they tell this story of who we have been, you know, and we as like, Everybody, because everybody's making these things constantly. So when I think of it that way, it's like we're all doing these things for the same reasons, you know, whether it's like designing a chair or making a painting, you know, you're trying to communicate something. And because we are makers and we live within a zeitgeist, you know, there's a personal story for sure. But then there's also the story of, what's happening. It's like, we're all slices of a tree <laughs> and you're just sort of reading the tree rings. Hmm. So whether we intend to or not. Um, so yeah, like my background, like I started off thinking I was going to be like a fashion designer 
and it's gonna be really fancy and like live in New York and like make things and I don't know. And when then, did you stop wanting to be a fashion designer? You know, I got so burnt out in school. I did it and I loved it and I had so much fun. And then I graduated and the thought of like taking two pieces of fabric and sewing them together just made me want to like vomit. So <laughs> <clears throat> I just like drew figures for a while yeah. and like worked retail. I wasn't totally sure. I still love clothes and I love the performance of getting dressed. I think that's why I love drag. I mean, we like RuPaul always talks about how like everything is drag. We're all doing right. drag. You're all born the time. naked and then everything else is drag. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. what he says. And um, I totally agree with that. And so I find like the ensembles that people decide for themselves to be really interesting. Um, so I'm still interested in that. But now I just I can't, you know, I, I always I always want to make I, I, like I'll sit here and I'll, I'll think to myself, oh, you can just design something. I can't do it. I just it's it's done. So <laughs> I like to draw and I like to sort of be creative and imaginative and um, I'll make these figures and these sort of illustrations exist. But I think the art that I'm most interested in exploring and I mean to be honest I don't even know if this is really art but like we'll call it art is this bringing people together into these sort of environments where you're taking people and you're just forcing them into intimacy mm -hmm. and especially now you know I go through periods where I really wonder like is this interesting or is it useful or is it is it art? I don't know. But now everybody just feels so divided and it just feels like we're all sort of like struggling with how to communicate with each other. So now it feels like, well, this is the best time to do it. You yeah. know, when has there ever been a moment where you're going to have this kind of challenge? Well, you, you brought a little kind of like a zine with you yeah. that you made. And again, just kind of thinking about how you're using design um, and sort of, again, a, a place where design and art sort of get blurred a little bit. Mm. Because this to me is, it's like, it is, I would say this is a an artwork. I mean, do you think of it that way? Like this this book, by the way, I'm, I'm not describing it very well. So it is called <laughs> Nose. Yeah. So it's sort of like a visual essay slash art book. So I, I made it as a part of my thesis um, years ago, and now I'm trying to blow it out. So if anybody, you know, has some money or wants to place an order. <laughs> but so, yeah, so, it's, so the, it's got like pictures of noses, you said, from art history. Yeah. So I just, you know, went to a library because those are the best places on the planet. And just started grabbing books off shelves and photocopying noses or faces, I guess, you know, that people made. Um, and I was really interested in how cultures all around the world interpret their own faces. And I think, you know, where you really sort of see like ethnicity or cultural heritage is in the nose. Mm -hmm. Um and you can see noses change through the introduction of um, maybe like colonialism or imperialism or maybe even just trade, you know. Um, 
things start to look different. So I just made a circle around the nose and it's just a book with a whole bunch of noses. And then because we're also living in this age where we just have access to all the things at our fingertips, got on Google, started searching nose and extracting sentences that had that word nose in them and paired the random sentences with the pictures. And in my opinion, it's pretty interesting. I don't, I don't think people really think about noses. I mean, you might think, oh, Michael Jackson. I think that's what everybody thinks of when you start talking about a nose and change. It seems, I mean, it's interesting because I think this is also, I'm, I'm guessing this is maybe one of those like racially charged things that. Totally. That like, like, I guess I'm going to speak as, as a white person. <laughs> um, like, I, I feel like if you, if you brought this to me and said like, nose, this is um, decidedly like, this is obviously political. I would be like, it is mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. but I think for you, it, it is. Yeah, right well, away. Like you, you see that, and it's like it's a really loaded idea, it's super loaded, right yeah. off the bat. Where yeah. for me, like I, after a second, I, I realize why it is. Yeah. But like, it doesn't have that kind of immediate thing, and it's because like it's one of those things that I just simply have not thought about a lot. Um, yeah. Well, over you my have life. a great. I mean, you have a great nose. <laughs> That um, was that was what all this was was up I mean, to was was to get a compliment on my nose. Yeah, I mean you have a great nose as a white person and as but the, not but, a white person but you again, still have a great like, nose. But that's like such a silly thing because it's like obviously that's just a, a, again based on an ideal that is set up by like all of the stuff you're kind of talking about here yeah. and like the idea of like what why is one nose a prettier nose than another, right? Like Right, right. Like all of this is just Well, so just to, up, just like, to defend my no. position, you know, I think you have a great nose. It's obviously symmetrical. <laughs> um, you know, you have a strong bridge. Um, there's some great curves in there. Thanks. You're very welcome. Um, yeah. I mean, when you look, there was, there was a period um, where we had this thing called like race science, where people tried to look at people's... Um, appearance and they tried to turn that appearance into some sort of science as it relates to character so I could look at your face and I could look at the lines and then I could scientifically determine you know who you were as a person because genetics and race you know this this trying to prove that genetics and race were connected yeah like or like the probably you're talking about the same time period of like phrenology and like studying the shape of the skull absolutely and, and using yeah. that as like a obvious well obviously because yeah. their skull is shaped like this but they're then, a criminal yeah and even like the introduction of like the iq because you know a lot of american scientists encouraged a lot of the eugenics that were used um across the world and so there was this whole thing about um nose shape as it related to Jewish and Yiddish populations. Mm -hmm. And so if you had a certain shaped nose, you were obviously, you know, a shifty character and also probably Jewish. And so we had to watch out for those people. And so I think that more than we assume the, the nose has been a really important sort of um, like a visual indicator for at least recent human history um, and so I'm, I'm kind of interested in exploring that. And I 
was also sort of interested in exploring how we sort of fetishize human anatomy without immediately making it sexual, which is kind of hard to do as a woman, <laughs> you know. Um, but I could explore my own nose as a biracial woman um, and not immediately sort of talk about the consequences of sex in terms of, you know, social systems. So it became this interest that I had. But I guess noses are kind of gendered in a way. I mean, because if you're a woman, you're supposed to have like a very delicate, petite nose. You're not supposed to have like some big old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess there's there's a yeah. I mean, it's it's that's a good point. It's kind of a tricky one because it's like sort of gendered, but in like relativity or something. You know, yeah, it's like totally. you're, you're not like. And, and actually, when I'm looking at these noses, sort of just off by themselves it's a little bit hard you wouldn't necessarily know gender right yeah. off the bat i mean some of them i would suspect like okay i can see maybe a hint of mustache here so mm. i'm gonna go ahead and guess that's a man but you know right this, but... this one at the end i couldn't really tell especially yeah. subtracted it. it's like it, without the rest of the face it's a little bit hard to know like yeah how it how it lies in proportion with everything else. So that's usually yeah. where the I guess the gendering comes in. It's like okay, well a man generally has a slightly bigger nose in right. relationship to the rest of his face. I guess right, you know right. But which is an assumption, right? Sure, you know, totally. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a general like a yeah. generality that's like yeah. yeah, you know, not necessarily true. But I'm always interested in these edges because we tend to think of them as like really. Um, and I, I guess you're kind of into this as well, just as we've been talking about, like the idea of art and design and everything yeah. is like, we think of these edges of things as like really solid. Right. Um, and, and it really even comes back to the museum in a way too, because we talk about, you know, sort of genres of art a lot of times as like, and people yeah. think of them as really rock solid or time periods and stuff. Yeah, but they breathe. Right. You know, it's yeah. like, it's not like the Renaissance was over one day right? or that it started one day or, you or know. that we don't still talk about the re Renaissance. I mean, Car Caravaggio like continues to influence. I think about like, photography and Vogue magazine, you know, where you've got like this dark background and this like blindingly like white lit, like covered in oil model or whatever. I mean, <laughs> that speaks to that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like everybody's still being influenced by those things. And, right. And it's like, yeah, that's another good point too. That the idea of history is being the completely linear where, well, this uh, leads to this, leads to this, leads to this, leads to this. And instead, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, things are constantly circling back and, right. and pulling back from the past. And it's all like, it's all a lot messier than we usually yeah. tend to, to think yeah. about it. I mean, that's something that I kind of really enjoy about um, some discussions in contemporary art is that there sort of seems to be this like dialogue that's art art is having with itself. And I know some, some people kind of like hate that, but <laughs> I find it to be really fascinating because, you know, our, art as it relates to the Western world, I think one could very much argue that it's a system that's used to control visual language. You know, when you think of perspective, it's like perspective is a tool that's used to define high art. So if you're from a culture that doesn't use perspective the way that it's used in Western art, immediately 
any sort of visual representation that you make is not, cannot, and will never be considered high art. Well, what you're kind of talking about there, the idea of quality mm. is, is kind of oppression, mm. right? Yeah. Like the idea that... It has uh, to be good. That, that the, but, but that it's like one person's concept of what is the standard yeah, um, is usually has some gates to it mm, and that there's mm -hmm. like a gatekeeper to that and that, yeah. um, you know, traditionally it's been like the idea of an academy or something that yeah. like, okay, well you need this training to mm -hmm. be this good. And of course to get that training, you need money or right. you need to be of a certain race or gender or mm -hmm. something to be a part of this group. And so, right. um, yeah, the idea of quality has often been a form of oppression and of mm -hmm. like sort of, like you're saying to ignore other things that don't fit those ideas of quality as well. So it's like, you look at something and say, well, this looks different. Um, and I, we talked, I talked a little bit about this in a past episode when we were talking about, I think, uh, folk art too, because I mm -hmm. think that's a thing that folk art is why I think folk art is so interesting is because yeah. it kind of subverts that idea of quality. Totally. And I think it's a reason pe some people have a really hard time with folk art is because right. they come to this thing and they recognize right away, well, like, this doesn't look the way I expect art to look. Right. But, right. I don't know. To me, that's interesting. Like, I'd rather come up. I, I'm always looking for the thing that defies my expectations. Well, so when, like when I was in college, one of the things I started to notice was I had this assumption in the African wings, for example, yeah. like of museums. My assumption that I was coming into that space was that all these things behind the glass were old. Yeah. Like my assumption <laughs> was that these things were ancient and yeah. that they were ancient artifacts. And when I started to realize that a lot of these things were, I mean, not even older than my grandparents, maybe it, I mean, it just totally, I was flabbergasted. You know, I was shooketh. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why was that shocking? I think, I think that it may, I mean, I don't want to push, you know, my ignorance onto anybody else. But I, but no, I, but I, I, I agree. Like I had yeah. the same kind of realization too, at a certain point. And it's, and yeah, it's like, yeah, it's not like anyone was hiding that from me. It's just like a simple, like a weird assumption. Although, well, but it was, it's like the, the assumption is a, that this continent is like everything, every, there's no, there's no individual culture. It's just Af oh. like African. Okay, I got you. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, yeah, that's a big issue of and like looking not, at an entire, like the yeah. entire continent as like one I mean, one we thing, have yeah. an entire building for two continents. And then we've got a room for a third continent that these two other continents would fit inside of, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, the, the, other, the other reason why I thought it was old is because there's no contemporary art. There is no... It, everything coming out of this continent looks like a wood mask with some grass sewn to it. And, you know, I'm not trying to be flippant, but I'm also being kind of flippant because there's a lot of incredible contemporary art being made all across Africa. You know, South Africa has one of the best design, like, fashion weeks mm -hmm. in the world, you know, rivals Paris. And there's no... you You can go into, like... African wings all across the country, there's no indication that anything is happening 
in the 20th century because it all looks like these ancient artifacts from a civilization long lost. But that stuff is not that old. And yeah, no. Most of ours <laughs> are, like, if you look at in our um, African wing, you know, which is a, really a room, um, you'll see that. <laughs> I'm going to get you in trouble. I'm sorry. No, I mean, <laughs> no, it's fine. Like... I'm being real here. Yeah. Like that's your, and, and, and for, for us too, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to like throw shade at the museum on this. Yeah. It's also like what has been collected, you know, it's a, an issue of space collection and trying to represent like what you have and like and right. use the space you've got. So, I mean, but yeah, there's most of those things in that room. If you look are like early 20th century right or right or very late 19th century right and that's like oh like and and i think even if you look at how they're displayed right um in even like the suggestion of um the layout of of the buildings and things like they're sometimes they're usually kept away from the things that are happening at the same time in europe and North America. So like, I, I don't think I've ever been to a museum where one of those pieces that's from like the late 19th century um, Africa is shown next to say an impressionist painting that would have been made at the same time. At the same time. Right? Like, but then when you, have the mu- when you have museums that will split their galleries up into time periods that you don't see that either. It's separate. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird thing of like, I, I think about that all the time of like, well, you, it would be a totally interesting way of like organizing a museum as like chronologically as opposed by like region um, or, or time periods and, and regions, which is usually how it ends up being a little bit of weird mix of both. So I was trying to look up an artist because there is a contemporary black artist who goes into museums and sort of rearranges the gallery Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I just am blanking him on his name, which is terrible because I, I have used, I've quoted him. Hold on. Yeah. I think I, I, you I, got it? I've got it. One second, because it's in a book right outside this door. Oh, my gosh. Go get it. Okay. Um, Fred Wilson? Yes. All right. I was going to guess Wilson. Yeah, because this is, yeah. uh, I, I remember this picture, and I was I was reading about this just the other day. And looking at this, so I was like, I was like, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, so this is, this picture is from um, his, or from, yeah, from his exhibition, Mining the Museum, in 1992. <laughs> so, yeah, these conversations have been going on for a while. Yeah, so, so. Well, describe, though, what, what it is, because we didn't actually talk about that. Yeah, okay, so this image that we're looking at here, this is a really good example. So he is taking what looks like sort of like mid or I don't know. Do you want to guess where those, where those chairs are from? I'm, I'm going to guess we're, we're talking like 1700s yeah. maybe, or, you know, like, um, colonial America yeah. to early, you know, founding of the country is my guess just based on like the context of like a yeah. whipping post. They kind of look like, you know, pre-civil war, let's say. Yeah. yeah. Like if you go, um, and look at any of like the dead president's homes. There's like these chairs in there. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> he got some of those chairs. Yeah. And then he sort of pulled them so that they're sort of like gathered around a whipping post. Um, so so that people can come and watch. 
you know, um, yeah, he's made sort of like a little punishment. audience out of the chairs. Right. And so, I mean, he's obviously sort of having a conversation about, you know, the history of this country, but by using the artifacts in the museum. Yeah. And he's, and he's sort of taking something that would otherwise maybe not feel so loaded, like right. the chair off by itself doesn't quite bear the same weight. Um, but of course, like, you know, in many instances, probably, you know, these people had enormous wealth because right. of slave labor, right? right? Like it's, it's, it only works when you right. are taking advantage of somebody. Right. 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 I mean, and so I think that that's like a great example of contemporary art that is having a conversation about art. And what I like about this, I think that, that for me, this sort of, when you try to have conversations about race, um, as I try to do often, I, one of the things I observe is what people can do is they can talk about their own experience, which is important and valid and is needed. We need to share our experiences because race is very much an experience. I mean, more than it is a biological fact, it's an experience. So, so those stories need to be told. But what Wilson's work to me illustrates is when you try to explain to somebody that hasn't felt what institutionalized racism is, mm -hmm. Wilson's work illustrates that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is there's not a, I mean, aside from Wilson sort of juxtaposing all these things together, there's no sort of like black art in that room aside from his contemporary institutional critique right his reframing his of reframing yeah. of these things that have lived in the museum so originally so when i planned this day i thought we would come and we would record and we would be able to get out into the museum before 11 o'clock when it's open mm. it's now 1104 mm. but my plan was bad anyway because i forgot it was <laughs> we wednesday today which starts at 10 oh. so there were going to be tons of people out in the galleries that's awesome no matter what Cool. So because the museum is already open, yeah. I have an idea, which is we will go look at something that we couldn't re possibly record in that space anyway because it's way too loud. Cool. So you mentioned um, contemporary art from South Africa. Yeah. And so we actually have something on view right now that is yeah. contemporary art from South Africa. So I thought we can go watch it and then yeah. we can come back and talk about it. That sounds amazing. Okay. Awesome. We just got back from uh, looking at, watching uh, William Kentridge's uh, video installation, More Sweetly Play the Dance. We did. Yeah, so it's my understanding that that piece is a little, has a little controversy around it. Is that true? Um, well, what do you... I, or so, may, maybe uh, not. Maybe controversy is a little dramatic, but there's some discussion okay. around the work. Um, I'm feeling slightly ill-equipped now because oh, I was I'm like sorry. sort of not, sh I, I, I had heard, um, hard had, hitting questions. With we had KTP. heard, I know this is, we're turning the tables <laughs> now. You're asking me the hard questions and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we don't have, I, I haven't heard too much from visitors. I think maybe somebody was upset with the 
racial representation of the piece and mm. knowing that William Kentridge is white, mm. um, which I'll admit, I didn't know that. <laughs> I've never seen him. Yeah. I didn't know his race. Um, so, yeah, I, I I don't know, like almost that like because it, it is a piece that um, does feature mostly black Africans. Yeah. That um, that it. I don't know, maybe they saw it as some kind of appropriation. Um, mm. I'm not, but I'm not sure if that is like the big controversy yeah. around yeah. the piece or if I, I guess I wasn't, I'll admit I was slightly unaware of th- that there being a huge controversy or even a controversy. Yeah. So I'm ill prepared, but then again, I didn't know we were going to look at that today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just kind of hopped into it. I mean, I will admit that is a piece that um, to me is just striking in its, is sort of execution. Like, yeah. you know, the music is interesting to listen to, you know, the illust- illustrative style is like very interesting. Well, yeah. Like the background is yeah. sort of drawn and changing in a, in a way that if, if you haven't seen any of like William Kentridge's earlier um, works that that's sort of what kind of launched him into fame, I, yeah. I guess with these animations that were, drawn um charcoal and sort of where you can see the traces of the old drawings still so that's kind of there on in the background still happening where there's kind of like the sketchiness that's moving yeah these sort of paired with dancers yeah and then there's sort of these drawings of of sort of landscape and trees and things also um and then the dancers and the live action actors who kind of walk through the scene um, are carrying also drawings of of figures and different objects sometimes. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. There's a lot to take in. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and you know, I don't really know much anything about the work or Kendridge. Um, One, one thing that popped into my mind the first time I saw it. And then also this time so there's a, a scene where there are these illustrations of skeletons and then, like, dancing skeletons. Yeah. And then right after that, these um, people that look like patients, like, they look like they have IV bags. Yeah. And, you know, it makes me think about how, like, medical consent is a relatively new thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've I've also interpreted that section of this piece to also relate to the AIDS crisis as well. Oh, um, I don't. I that I feel foolish for not. I don't know. I mean, again, <laughs> like I think all of these things. Yeah, I mean, it is a piece that is I think very intentionally open to interpretation. So I don't yeah. think you should feel guilty for getting something different out of it. I mean, yeah. it is not a a piece that is clearly about one thing or another. Yeah. Um, and I think it's meant to also be maybe kind of a piece that's about everything. Like it's a little bit yeah. of like, um, it, it, you know, it goes back and forth between sort of jubilant to funerary, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, um, th- th- that part where you're talking about with the, the patients is like towards the end. And then I think there's like a corpse being dragged yeah. at one point too. So, yeah, it's like we at the same moment, you know, we've had guys with tubas and stuff play. You know, we have all this yeah. fun, seemingly fun things and dancers and everything else happening. And then there's these like darker images that are happening 
at the same time. And I think that's kind of, kind of the point, you know, it's, it's both a celebration and it, it is mournful and it's kind yeah. of everything at, yeah. at once. Yeah. And it sort of like ends with this ballerina, you know, dancing with an AK 47. Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy image, like, but it's really powerful. Of it's like, really powerful, you know. And she's wearing a, you know, a red beret, and it's yeah. got this kind of military vibe. But yeah. then she's also graceful and beautiful. And yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's it is a piece about which militaries usually are. And that's true. I mean, it's like, what's more dapper than like the uniforms? I mean. Well, yeah, the presentation is a part yeah. of it, right? Like that there is like a power in the presentation of, of right. military. And so also on our way back up, we were kind of having this conversation about there's like a semi-nude form. There's the ballerina. And there was a, a pregnant figure. I don't Our, remember the, the figure person. looked looked as as if it was pregnant. But you couldn't see the head. There was nothing really gendered about that figure. So I mean which it could have been Which figure is this? Um the figure was holding a big illustration, but I can't remember what the illustration was. And so there was just this like sort of like belly that looked like it was pregnant. Was it a bathtub? Yes, it was a bathtub. So I'm pretty sure that's just a man with a big fat belly. Oh, it's not a pregnant person. I don't think so. Well, I was totally wondering. I'm like, but why is this pregnant woman carrying a, really big, a bathtub? Really big belly. And I'm not sure. Now I have to go back. That's hilarious though that you saw I that. I thought it was a pregnant figure. Well, I think the head is blocked by the bathtub yeah. that he's carrying. He I'm so this is so funny that we have these two totally different reasons. I totally of this. thought and I I you know, was having this thought about how like, like women in labor, right? Like you're like a vessel for this person. But then like, you know, if you are not of a certain socioeconomic status, you're a vessel for a person, but also like, you know, get to work. Huh. <laughs> wow. Because I mean, that person was carrying a huge bathtub. Yeah. Well, and, and Sue, in my mind, I just, again, because like of the a claw footed bathtub too. Right. Right. And we should, I don't know if we we were clear about this. Like they're carrying a drawing of a bathtub. Yes. Like, yeah. It, it, but, <laughs> but that's actually one of the things that's interesting about that is like, you do put, the weight of a bathtub into that. Yeah, like, I totally did. You know it's not a real bathtub, but you still think about it like it's a bathtub. Well, and, and you... it was a large drawing too, so it's it not was like big, it was like yeah. a small... Right. It know... was like light. It was to scale. Yeah. Yeah, like it would be the size of an actual bathtub. Yeah. So yeah, it's like funny because in my... I'll have to watch this That's again That's so now, funny. I, 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 well, immediately... I was trying to figure out if that was just like a man with like a beer belly or a woman <laughs> and then i just landed on woman because kendridge had had to be aware that it looked like a pregnant woman hmm i don't know do I, you think it was an i think an it's a accident? man do you think it's a man i think it's a man but could I, it be a pregnant man <laughs> i guess it uh, maybe um <laughs> i i'm i'm thinking i mean really like I don't know. I don't know. I, I am. I, that's so funny. Cause I, all the silhouettes are pretty trim. I mean, they're not like skeletal, but like, yeah, most of them it is, it is. I, I mean, I, I definitely think there's noticed, a conductor in the beginning. I noticed the belly. Like I definitely yeah. thought about the belly this time when I watched it. And I think also just going back to this, the way like we, 
give that bathtub actual weight part of that is probably why i immediately assume it's a man is because mm. like to me it seems like a big burly like blue collar dude with a pot oh. belly carrying a bathtub like there's something about it that feels yeah. like almost like a plumber or something or kind of took me to that I like guess world that, of like that industry. would make sense um that's where my brain went but yeah. hey i don't know like so what does I, that say about me i'm I don't know. I mean, you you think about pregnancy more than I do, probably. <laughs> probably affects you more than it affects me in a real way. And so th- then there's people that are that are in costume, and then yeah, it looked like on some of the some of the dancers looked like they were sped up. Like their yeah. movement seemed jerkier. That's one of the things that I, I noticed this time um, is, is the way time is manipulated. So I think if you first mm. watch this piece, it's really, and I think the first time I watched this piece, I thought I was watching a group of people walking in reality, like yeah. in a parade. And I think the more you watch it and the more you pay attention, you realize that that is also a manipulation of um like I don't think all of these people are in the same space at the same time. And, oh my gosh. and so like you're looking at, there are groups that I think are together that are yeah. walking together. Yeah. Um, but then you'll notice that they, like certain people like maybe start out together and they end differently. And I think a lot of those people are filmed separately. And sometimes I don't even know, are they actually even walking yeah. like in real life? Are they fake walking? Yeah. And like, are they on a treadmill? Right. Maybe yeah. like, and then the artist has decided at what pace uh, yeah. he wants them to move across these mini screens that uh, take up the whole installation. And so you'll see them actually kind of overlapping each other. And that's kind of one of the first times I picked up on like, mm. oh, they're not in the same space. Like this is a one recording yeah. of one person. And, and some of them drop off a little bit too. Well, that's what's interesting is that I think the 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 way it ends is our ballerina with the gun yeah. is the only one I know of that in that whole, the people pulling her too, because she's on a cart. Yeah. So they're like at up until this point, we've watched people cross all screens and she's the last one and she goes to the end, but she doesn't appear on the last screen. Mm. So again, it's like, it plays with our, um, our desire to kind of complete the illusion. Yeah. Right. Like we, we've watched all these other people cross from screen to screen and like, this is one big space. Yeah. Um, even though it's not perfect, like we've watched them like, not cross exactly right you know like they get to one edge and then like there's a little bit of a delay before they show up and it's like not perfect (laughs) which has even made me wonder like oh these probably each are treated differently like there isn't an actual like this isn't like actually one continuous thing and i think there's even some repeating that happens in emotion sometimes between some of the the people like they, we might be watching some of the same things happen across all of yeah. these screens and our brains go, well, obviously this is new because right. it's t- in space. Um, but yeah, th- this is all getting away from what you brought up, which is that time is also being oh. manipulated because yeah. yeah, some of the dancers, like I remember the ones that have like sticks, like yes. they're like shaking like really fast and like right. it doesn't seem like possible. And then there's a person with a flag that's waving yes. a big red flag. Yeah. And they're like slowed down. Yeah. 
to make that because I noticed that this time I was like, oh, this flag is like going way slower than it yeah. would if like somebody was actually waving it. And so they've been dramatically slowed down so that we have this like yeah. you know, beautiful flag waving. So sometimes when I make work, I have like a meeting that I'll talk to people about mm -hmm. and I'll say, oh, yeah, you know, my work is about this thing. And then there's things that I just don't tell anybody yeah. about that are like my intentions or thoughts or like, you know, whatever that went into the work. Yeah. And I always wonder if other artists do this too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure they do, you know, but like yeah. some of the things that you've described, like in listening to you to just describe things, you know, I wonder like what were Kendridge's sort of like secret <laughs> meanings or impulses or, you know, like the, the, time you know i mean maybe it was just aesthetic you know or like you know maybe like what even started this piece you know how did it, like sometimes that the process is like so much more interesting to me than the final product and you know you can't get into somebody's brain but like i'm very much interested in like why a ballerina or like did he know her like it starts out with just like the people mm -hmm. and it, it feels pretty real like we're watching yeah. a real parade um i mean obviously we're not because the background is drawn and everything right. is, is is not real but then it seems like the, the those kind of manipulations get more and more as we go on there's more like yeah. animation that happens yeah. there's like a pair of gardening shears that are walking along in the parade that's right there are yeah. um there are you know then that we get the animated characters like the skeletons yeah. and the like weird kind of that are dancing yeah dancing skeletons and like the there's sort of like this person, there's sort of figure made out of like a globe is how I interpreted yes. it. And like geometric shape. It, it gets it more and more fanciful. procession? I don't know. I mean, or that's, a parade. I mean, I guess it's the same thing, but that's, like, I think that's also kind of the point of the piece is that like it's goals all seem like all mixed up. You know, there's at times it seems like military based right. there are times. It seems political. Like there's literally, you know, somebody giving a speech on a podium while that's right. two stenographers are behind yeah, them. That's like, right. You know, typing out what they're saying. Yeah. So like, yeah, it all, it all feels like a jumble of all the different reasons we have these sort of parades and, and big events like this. So it's all kind of mixed up together. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if maybe that's, that's the big point. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it's kind of nice to be curious. I mean, I guess maybe some people feel uncomfortable with that, but. Well, I feel like to me, this piece, if, if it was meant to be understood on a perfectly literal level, then the artist would have made a very different piece. Right. Well, yeah, it would be like a cartoon. It would be like on Netflix if it was or, or, or like, I don't know, like if it was supposed to be like. Or I think it would not be so, so symbolic. Like, yeah, I think all of uh, the, 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 the work's use of symbols and, and of, you know, the way um, it, it doesn't to me seem to be necessary to get exactly the right meaning out of it because it is so filled with things that are seem 
intentionally open to interpretation, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's funny. So there was a moment in the gallery where, you know, there was a woman there and she was like dancing with her kid. Oh, do you remember that? Yeah. And I had this moment where I was kind of like, I don't know. You were uncomfortable with. Yeah. I was like, is that weird? Is that weird? Is that weird? (laughs) And then I was just kind of like, "Ah, I mean, it's a kid, whatever, you know, like, it's a kid enjoying art. However, come right. as you are. Right. Like if you can come and enjoy this music and you're yeah. with your kids, you know. And they're not going to pick up. Like that kid was probably three. They're not sure. They're not going to pick up on the sort of darker symbolism of this. No, piece I know. All. I know. But I think like there was like a, this part of me that was, I think we, I think everybody fights this too. It's like you're in a museum and so you have to be like reverent. And then, because I've seen it before. It's like I knew that there were like skeletons and sick people. And like, so I had this moment where I was just like, is this like a sad piece? But then at the same time, if it is a funerary procession, there are dancers in the work. Yeah. Like, it's totally fine. Yeah. It's like, it's, <laughs> it is, I think it is, it is. I would still categorize this piece as celebratory ultimately, right? Like the overall tone of it to me feels celebratory. Yeah. I mean, you can hear it a mile away in the museum. You can totally hear it a mile away. It's like you're three galleries over and, and you, you hear that music and in, and for the most part, I think it sound, feels upbeat and you know, there are some parts that maybe it reminds are a little me more of mournful, Louisiana. But. Totally. Like New Orleans sort of like, it's got that, feeling i wonder yeah the brass band yeah yeah totally it's got similar vibes and again i'm sure there are direct um cultural connections between the you know the music of of new orleans and africa and and i smarter people than me would be better at explaining that yeah (laughs) so (laughs) people actually know those things and not just me making it up and going i'm sure it's there but Mm -hmm. you know I'm sure there's connections. I mean, I'm sure there there are probably perfectly good reasons they they sound similar. You yeah, know, and and I don't know what those are. But, yeah, um, I really appreciated your sort of like unpacking of my work from like a design and art perspective. I'd never heard that before, and it kind of felt like really good because <laughs> it's like it's like you know when we we're talking about like what could Kendridge's secret conversation be? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's like a secret anxiety I have where I'm like, I don't even know if this is art, but I'm just going to make it and I'm going to like call myself an artist, you know? Right. And, but I like, I like that I, obviously that tension is like coming through, you know, or like that question, that like question that I have, like, yeah. Like, well, I, I guess I'm not hiding it from anybody that, like, <laughs> and, you know, being trained as a des- in design and then switching over to fine art, you know. Yeah, well, I think um, you're using your skills, right? Like, yeah. Um, this book I pulled out to find the example. Um, I, I actually, one of the, the teachers I had in this uh, class that I used the same book for, I remember him telling us in a another class actually all about creativity. He yeah. you know, one of the first lessons he said was, um, play to your strengths. Ooh, and yeah. he was like, you know, 
know your abilities. <laughs> yeah. He's like, don't, this isn't to say not to be ambitious. Yeah. But if you're a lousy painter. Yeah. Like maybe don't plan to do a painting. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's one of those things that seems like kind of obvious, but it is like a good lesson. So I think that's what I think you do a lot is you're, it, it seems like you're playing to your strengths. Like, you know what you can do. Yeah. And so to you putting together a deck of cards um, and creating a system, like you understand how that works. Yeah. Like, you know how to do that. Yeah. Right. Like, you know how to get that work done. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. that's the skills you have. Yeah. And so it's like, and then you're going to take those skills and you're going to apply them in a, maybe a slightly different way than you do in your day jobs or something yeah. where like, this would be design work and it would be seen in this realm yeah. over here. That's not part of fine art. Right. But like usually the way to make something into art is to sort of like remove its usefulness. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Like that's how that's like we were talking about ready-mades earlier. It's like, what's a ready-made, but an object rendered useless by being art. Right. It's like, totally. You take the iron, you put the nails on the bottom and you've got art because yeah. you can't iron clothes with it anymore. You take the. Right. And then you put it behind glass. Right. <laughs> the ultimate way to make yeah. something useless or you take the, <laughs> you take the urinal and you tip it on its back or you yes. take the teacup and you cover it in fur. Yeah. Like, all of these things are no longer usable as objects. Yeah. So all we can do is think about them. Yeah. And look at them and think about them. And they're now they're art because they don't have a function anymore. Totally. So it's like when you take the language of design or the skills of design and the, the, that's all that stuff. Yeah. And you take away its usefulness and that it's typically serving something else. Right. Right. It, 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 there is no client anymore. Right. And now it's serving the people. Right. 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 And so now it's art. Right. Because it doesn't have a client and you've <laughs> right. taken away. It's sort of the, the commerce of it as well. Totally. I mean, that's the challenge that I had with the games. Like everybody's like, okay, when are you going to sell these? And I'm like, I can't sell them. <laughs> Don't you understand? You know, I mean, you can't sell them because you think it's not art anymore. Then it's a game. Ah, so it's, it, but it's, it's, so it's definitely a mental thing for you. It's not like a practical thing. Well, like, I mean, so practically, if you buy a game, because you could sell this book, I could totally sell the book and that would be fine. But, but the games, you go, you buy the game. Who are you going to play it with? I mean, your friends and family. Exactly. But the whole point of the game is to bring strangers together. Okay. You know, so it's like. So the game, the game is uh, because you, it's also, you, you think of it as a, as a form of performance art, really. Absolutely. So like that part of it, that performance of it really needs to be done in a public space. Yes. And so it doesn't make sense to be a private, a thing that is experienced in private. Yeah. I mean, right. I just don't think, I mean, m maybe at, it could be used therapy or something. Right, <laughs> like, right. I mean, if there's just two married people and they can't talk to each other, maybe use a game or something. But like, 
but that you know, wasn't the context. That's not she the context. It yeah, it's so you, you know they're not really, therapeutic. You know, right. yeah, and um, but that makes sense. I mean, you, I guess you could still find a, a, I mean, like you were saying, like a school or something could yeah. use it, but because where it's a place that is still public but that that public part of it is important to the actual meaning of the work for you so so selling it in a way would you would not necessarily have that control either of how it's used (laughs) well did you have anything else you wanted to say about uh the kentridge piece i feel like we didn't put a a firm button on that but i don't know if we need to yeah i don't know i mean do you guys have like a space down there where people can like it would be cool to do like a drawing activity or something in that space. Mm, no, we don't. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm just like, it's a like cool idea, no. but I mean, well, well, you know, the installation of the work is dictated by the artist and mm. their wishes. And that's not something we can really mess with. Uh, so even that like, makes, yeah, because that whole space is sort of curated, like even the stools and exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did have to get those chairs special, like, and, yeah. and they are not exactly the same chairs that have been used with it, but they were like approved by Kentridge's studio. Yeah. And so it's like one of those things where like, okay, that totally makes sense when we're doing like an exhibition. That's like a traveling exhibition. And um, we come up with say uh, interactives and we can come up with a thing that's totally ours and we do that in that space. And that's a little bit different because it's like the, the edges of the art are different, right? right? Like in that instance, um, we're maybe looking at paintings or something where we understand that the art ends and begins at this frame or right. we're looking at a sculpture where we understand the art begins and ends at the edges of this pedestal or right. something. Whereas that, that is an installation and right. it, the whole room is, is the installation, the art. Yeah. So anything we would do in that space yeah. would become like us changing the art. Totally. And so it's actually funny. You were talking about, um, I, I can't remember you s- talking about the kid dancing, making you a little uncomfortable. <laughs> we had somebody come in and like bring in a trumpet and just start playing in the space. And oh my God. How interesting. I know. Isn't it? I love this person. I do too. And so they did <laughs> get kind of yelled at by us. And so, and I guess it's like, I'm I'm of I have a couple different feelings about it because on one hand I'm like I like that this person was so like he was or he I mean I assume it was a he it because was a he. um they were so like into it that yeah. they were like I'm gonna participate in this and yeah it, and it is a piece that you know you are surrounded by you're sitting in the middle of it and I like that they just sort of they had a different idea of where those edges were. Yeah. Right? Like they had a totally different idea. Um, and then from another side of, of it, you could also say, well, like another person you who can't comes... just bring a brass instrument into a museum and start playing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in general, no, <laughs> typically not. Um, you know, you also have to say like at this point, like then from another audience member's perspective, like then are they going to be like, well, is this person a part of this? Like, is this a thing? Like, is this the piece? Like, I don't even know. Like, and, and so, you know, and they came to see possibly this work as it was intended. And this was not the artist's intention. So on that hand, I can also say, well, we were probably right. It's like the painting touchers. 
you know, like the people that like collect touches. No, I don't know about the people who collect touches. There's people, this is like a thing where they like go to famous paintings and try to touch them. Oh my gosh. Don't. I, okay. If you're listening to this, don't join, don't become a <laughs> don't part of this movement, please toucher. for our sake. I just, I always get excited when people, you know, I feel like in art school, like you always talk about how you're lucky if somebody looks at your work for five seconds. So Kendridge was very successful. <laughs> the in fact getting somebody that, to like play a musical instrument. Yeah. Somebody them. was like, Oh my God, left, got, an instrument onto their car came back and was like, I have to be a part of this. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So that's a win. Oh, congrats. Congratulations. Congrats, Bill. <laughs> Billy, old Billy Kentridge, as nobody calls him. I like it. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. You're very well. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. Good. Thank you for listening to Art Palace. We hope you'll be inspired to come visit the Cincinnati Art Museum and have conversations about the art yourself. General admission to the museum is always free, and we also offer free parking. Special exhibitions on view right now are Albrecht Durer, The Age of Reformation and Renaissance, Anna England, Kinship, and William Kentridge, More Sweetly Play the Dance. Join us on January 20th from 1 to 3 p.m. for our all-ages artist workshop on collage and learn techniques from a local artist. Children must be at least 6 years old to participate, and children under 13 must be accompanied by a participating adult. General admission is $12, and for art museum members, $6. For program reservations and more information, visit CincinnatiArtMuseum.org. And while you're there, check out images of the work we discussed today. Go to events and programs, and then scroll down to Art Palace Podcast. You can follow the museum on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and even join our Art Palace Facebook group. Hey, are you listening on an iPhone right now? Are you using the podcast app? Then open it up, scroll down to those empty stars, and give us a rating. It will take you two seconds, but will mean the world to us. If you're feeling very generous, you could even write a review. Our theme song is Ofrande Musicale by Bacalao. I'm Russell Eyrig, and this has been Art Palace, produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum.